Welcome to the Relevant Truth Podcast. My name is Roger Mason. This podcast is dedicated to examining biblical truth. The Bible is overflowing with relevant truth, useful in our everyday lives. Thus the title, Relevant Truth. The Bible was relevant to those that first heard it through the apostles and prophets. It is also timeless truth, which means it is relevant for us today in the 21st century. It is my hope that through this podcast, you will be both encouraged and challenged as we look at the Bible together. Today we want to look at two passages of Scripture from 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, where Paul encourages his colleague Timothy to be a faithful minister of the gospel. Paul told Timothy not to neglect the gift that was in him, but instead he was to stir up the gift of God. All of us have spiritual gifts God has given us, but some of us, for some reason, have failed to step out and use these spiritual gifts that God has given us. Today's podcast is entitled, Don't Neglect Your Gifts. So let's look at 1 Timothy 4, verse 14. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. And then let's go to 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. Both of these scriptures refer to the same thing. One tells us not to neglect the gift that is in us. The second one tells us to stir up the gift of God that is in us. The epistle of Timothy was written with the intention to give personal encouragement to Timothy. Paul encourages his colleague to be a faithful minister of the gospel. It appears that young Timothy was the kind of person that was easily intimidated and was tempted to let others take advantage of him, not asserting his pastoral authority as he should. We see this affection between Paul and Timothy throughout First and Second Timothy. In First Timothy 1 verse 2, Paul addresses Timothy as a true son of the faith. And in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 2, Paul refers to him as a beloved son. So we see this affection between Paul and Timothy throughout 1 and 2 Timothy. Paul himself was writing to Timothy from prison in Rome, facing certain death. Yet Timothy was a great source of encouragement to Paul, and Paul was attempting to encourage Timothy to continue to be faithful in what he was doing. Paul reminds Timothy that God had called him and empowered him with ministry gifts. When God calls us to a task, he empowers us for that task by imparting to us gifts which will enable us to do that task. God's empowering accompanies his calling. Paul wanted Timothy to remember the time when he was ordained for ministry, when the elders prayed for him. Paul wanted Timothy to remember his ordination and the prophetic word that was given at that time. This reminder was designed to encourage confidence in Timothy. The laying on of hands signified the elders' commissioning and the recognition of God's giftings in Timothy's life. God's gifts given to Timothy were confirmed by a prophetic word delivered at his ordination. 
Paul himself was part of the group that laid their hands on Timothy at his ordination. In 1 Timothy 4 and verse 14, Paul tells Timothy to not neglect the gift that is in you. And in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6, the same advice is stated positively. Stir up the gift of God which is in you. Look at 1 Timothy 4 and verse 15. The verse says, Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your task so that everyone will see your progress. Paul says in verse 14, do not neglect the spiritual gift you've received. And in verse 15, he says, give your complete attention to these matters. Today, we would like to look at this matter of stirring up our spiritual gifts. I would like to address this issue by answering two questions. Question one, how are spiritual gifts squelched? And question two, how are spiritual gifts stirred up? So let's first look at how our spiritual gifts are squelched. To squelch means to press with crushing force, to squelch or to suppress or silence. This may have happened to some of you. Your gifts may have been crushed, squelched, suppressed, or silenced. I see three major causes for why a spiritual gift may be squelched. The three causes are neglect, the flesh, and fear. So let's examine each of these. Neglect is one of the ways our spiritual gifts are squelched. It says in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 14, Do not neglect the gift that is in you which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands by the eldership. The Message Bible says it this way, Do not neglect the gift. Keep that dusted off and in use. A good illustration would be to remember a campfire almost out. Why is it almost out? Because we've neglected it. You have not been looking after the fire and therefore it is going out. So what do you do to get that fire going again? You blow or you fan the coals and add some fuel to that fire so that fire gets going again. We must do the same thing with the gifts of God given us when we have neglected those gifts. When we lay our spiritual gifts on the shelf and stop using them, then we are neglecting those gifts. God's gifts are to be used. Don't let the dust settle on your spiritual gifts. God expects us to use the gifts that he has given us. In the parable of the sower, we are shown how this neglect can happen. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them, Matthew 3 and verse 7 tells us. In the interpretation it says, He who receives seed amongst the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word and he becomes unfruitful. That's Matthew 13 and verse 22. So it talks about a person who is unable to respond to the gospel because of the cares of this world. The seed of the word is neglected because the hearer is enamored with the cares of this life. He is distracted from the eternal word by the temporal cares of life. 
Spiritual gifts are often neglected because of the cares of this life. We become so disabled by the cares of life that our gifts and our ministry of the kingdom suffers neglect. The gifts of God lay neglected and unused because we are so caught up in the cares of this life. To neglect spiritual gifts is like putting a candle under a bushel basket. Matthew 5 and verse 15, Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. What good is a lamp or a candle under a basket? We all know the outcome. The candle under a basket will be deprived of air and go out. Our neglecting of spiritual gifts is like stifling a candle or a lamp. Our spiritual gifts are like a light to others, which draw them to Christ. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's Matthew 5 and verse 16. Did you ever think of your spiritual gifts as a witness for Christ? For this reason, they are not to be hidden or neglected. When Paul says, do not neglect the gift that is in you, in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 14, he could mean, stop neglecting your gift. Or he could also mean, don't start neglecting your gift. His point is, if you are presently neglecting your gift, stop it. And if you are not neglecting your gifts, don't ever start doing it. We will look at the solution to this later. Spiritual gifts are squelched by neglect. Another way we can neglect our spiritual gifts is through the flesh. Through the flesh we can squelch our spiritual gifts. Galatians 3 and verse 3. Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? In the New Living Translation, it says this, Have you lost your senses? After starting your Christian life in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? We condemn the Galatians as Paul did, but this problem is more common than we would like to admit. The Galatians began by operating in the Spirit, but ended up by moving into the flesh. Have you heard this saying, if the Holy Spirit were to depart from that church, no one would ever know that he's gone. It would be tragic for this to happen in any church. That would mean that this congregation was so used to operating on their own, apart from the Holy Spirit, that they didn't even recognize his absence. We see this in Ezekiel chapter 10 and 11, when the glory of the Lord departed from the temple and the priests and the city didn't seem to even notice that the Lord had departed. In the scriptures, we see this contrast between the flesh and the spirit, especially throughout the epistles of Paul. Romans 8 and verse 9, But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. To be in the Spirit means to rely and depend upon the Holy Spirit, to lean on him, to rely on him in all that you do. 
You can have people who do everything in their own wisdom and in their own strength, and very little of what they do is done by consulting with God or depending upon the Holy Spirit. Yes, we can pastor, teach, evangelize, and even prophesy in the flesh apart from God's Spirit. Yes, prophecy can be done in the flesh. It can flow out of one's own heart instead of from the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel 13 verses 2 and 3. Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who prophesy. And say to those who prophesy out of their own heart, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and who have seen nothing. Ezekiel 13 and verse 2 in the NAB. Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel. Prophesy. Say to those who prophesy their own thoughts. Hear the word of the Lord. This scripture from Ezekiel talks about the false prophetic words given by prophets who are prophesying out of their own heart. These prophets did not speak the word of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1 to 3. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. What gifts are listed in these verses? Well, there's tongues, prophecy, the word of knowledge, faith, giving, and martyrdom. All of these gifts can operate without love, according to this scripture in Corinthians. With any gift, there will be the temptation to depart from depending upon the Spirit of God. When we depart from dependence on the Spirit, we begin to lean on the flesh. We manufacture a spiritual gift that looks like the gift of God, but it's not. By operating in the flesh, we have squelched the gift of God. There are ministries today that operate in the flesh and not in the Spirit. The Scriptures tell us to examine the fruit. Flesh produces flesh, and Spirit produces spirit. Galatians 6 and verse 8. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Spiritual gifts are squelched by neglect, and spiritual gifts are squelched by the flesh. So let's move on to the third Fear is another way that spiritual gifts are squelched. 2 Timothy 1 verses 6 and 7 Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The Message Bible says verse 7 this way, God doesn't want us to be shy with these gifts but bold and loving and sensible. Fear is the number one reason behind neglect of spiritual gifts. 
the fear of rejection in particular is used by the enemy to discourage God's people from operating in spiritual gifts. The thinking goes like this for a person operating in a spiritual gift. Are you sure you're really hearing from God? Are you really up to this today? Open your mouth and everyone is going to know that there is something wrong. Think about your sins. Satan will use fear to squelch the use of spiritual gifts. He will say all kinds of things to you to discourage you from operating in that spiritual gift. If you're going to be involved in ministry of any kind, you can expect to be attacked before, during, and after your ministry. The enemy will use the fear of rejection, the fear of criticism, to stop you from using your spiritual gifts. A man was once told, What a marvelous gift of preaching you have! How did you learn to develop such a gift? The man replied, I learned to speak as men learn to skate, by making a fool of myself until I got used to it. We learn to function in spiritual gifts just like a child learns to skate or ride a bicycle. It appears that Timothy struggled with fear. He was sensitive to the criticism of others. This is why Paul said to him, God has not given us a spirit of fear. The fear that you are experiencing, Timothy, does not come from God, but it comes from Satan. This is what Paul was telling Timothy. Paul encourages Timothy with words of encouragement. Timothy suffered criticism for his youthfulness. So Paul says to Timothy, let no one despise your youth. That's from 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12. Timothy may have been intimidated by opposition to the gospel and his association with the apostle Paul. So Paul says to him, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. That's found in 2 Timothy 1 and verse 8. Whatever the reason, Paul saw it necessary to remind Timothy that God did not give us a spirit of fear or timidity or cowardice. Fear is not something that we should give into or live under. It is not from God. God has not given us a spirit of fear. The parable of the talent tells us about the fearful servant. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. That's from Matthew 25, verse 25. Look at the reply of the master in verse 27. So you ought to have deposited your money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. The least you could have done is put it into the bank to make some interest. But he did nothing with the talent that he was given because of fear. From this parable we learn at least four things. The servant was considered by the master as unfaithful. Neglecting the talent was condemned. The servant lost what he had been given. And fear was not acceptable as an excuse. God's gifts, like the talent in this parable, are never to be left neglected and unused. Don't allow fear to cause you to shrink back from exercising your spiritual gifts. Such fear has no place in God's service. A farmer out in front of his house was asked about his crops. How's your corn doing? 
didn't plant any, afraid of those corn worms. How's your wheat? Didn't plant any, afraid of a drought. How's your potatoes? Didn't plant any, afraid of those tater bugs. The stranger finally asked the farmer, What did you plant? Nothing. I played it safe. Fear can cause us to play it safe and do nothing. We have attempted to answer the question, How are spiritual gifts squelched? There are at least three ways that spiritual gifts can be squelched. By neglect, by the flesh, and by fear. So let's move on to the second question that we asked. How are spiritual gifts stirred up? There are three ways to stir up spiritual gifts. Maintenance, reliance, and faith. These are three corresponding antidotes to the three causes for the squelching of spiritual gifts. So let's look at them. Maintenance instead of neglect. When Paul talked to Timothy about spiritual gifts, he used the metaphor of fire, the stirring up or the fanning into flames of the fire. Remember the campfire illustration that we used earlier? The campfire is almost out. Why is it almost out? Because of neglect. You have not looked after the fire. It needs to be maintained. Without fuel, it will go out. So what do we do to maintain that fire? We feed the fire by adding fuel. We fan the fire when it gets down to the coals to get it burning hotter and brighter. For a fire to burn well, we need to add fuel and oxygen to that fire. Fuel and oxygen are essential ingredients to keep the fire burning. The same thing applies to spiritual gifts. When they are neglected, they need to be stirred up. A fire will die out if it is neglected, just as spiritual gifts will die out if they are neglected. How do we fan into flame or stir up our spiritual gifts? Let's look at an individual gift as an example. Romans 8 and verse 8 talks about the gift of giving. How do we stir up the gift of giving? By giving when the opportunity arises to use our gift of giving. In 2 Corinthians 12 and verse 9, it talks about the gift of healing. How do you stir up the gift of healing? By praying for the sick whenever an opportunity arises to use that spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 10 talks about the gift of prophecy. How would you stir up the gift of prophecy? By prophesying when the gift of prophecy arises to use that gift. We can apply this principle to all of the spiritual gifts. Here are several other suggestions of how to stir up your spiritual gift. Learn all you can from the scriptures about that particular gift. Pray for opportunities to exercise your spiritual gifts. Take opportunities when they come to use your spiritual gift. Learn from your mistakes in the use of that spiritual gift. Take whatever training would be available to use that spiritual gift. And develop your character to complement that spiritual gift. So we've been talking about spiritual gifts being stirred up through maintenance instead of neglect. 
Now let's move on to talk about reliance instead of the flesh. Spiritual gifts are stirred up through reliance instead of the flesh. Remember the campfire almost going out. So we talked about the need for maintaining that fire by adding fuel and by fanning the flame to stir up that fire. One thing I purposely didn't mention was weather conditions. Depending on the weather conditions, you can get a forest fire from a neglected fire. A good fire doesn't completely depend on your fire-making skills. The weather will help or hinder you in making and maintaining a good fire. Notice that your text says spiritual gifts are from God. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 6. We sometimes forget that God is the source of the spiritual gift. When we operate in the flesh, we have forgotten the source of our gift. When we claim the gift as our own, as if we originated the gift somehow, this is wrong. It is a gift. Gifts are given and received. That is the nature of a gift. These gifts were received from God. Spiritual gifts always involve a divine and human cooperation. We must always remain dependent on God for the operation of the spiritual gift. When we don't, we begin to step into the realm of the flesh. A father buys his five-year-old son an electric race set for his birthday. He needs to help him in the setting up and the operation of this gift because the five-year-old son doesn't have the skills to set it up on his own or to operate it on his own. This is the way it is with God's gifts. We need to rely on him as we operate in this spiritual gift that God has given us. We rely on God, not on ourselves. Our natural talents, training, and experience cannot take the place of the Holy Spirit. We are like a five-year-old with an electric car set. Our spiritual gifts will grow bright and remain powerful as we keep relying and leaning on the Holy Spirit and refuse to do it on our own. The second we begin to step out into the flesh and stop relying on the Holy Spirit, we will be in trouble. Spiritual gifts are stirred up through maintenance instead of neglect. Spiritual gifts are stirred up through alliance instead of the flesh. And spiritual gifts are stirred up through faith instead of fear. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1 and verse 7. We have already talked about how fear stops the flow of spiritual gifts. Fear and faith are opposites. They are mutually exclusive. One cancels out the other. You can never have both. You can only have one. If one is in fear, they cannot operate in faith. We function in spiritual gifts by faith in the environment of love, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Spiritual gifts function by faith. Fear kills the operation of spiritual gifts. Faith is the antidote to fear. Paul told Timothy, do not neglect the gift that is in you. 
1 Timothy 4 and verse 15 in the New Century Version. Continue to do those things. Give your life to doing them so your progress may be seen by everyone. Paul is telling Timothy to give continuous attention to the operation of spiritual gifts. You see, the Bible tells us we walk by faith and not by sight. That's 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. The operation of spiritual gifts involves faith. Our gifts cannot function properly without faith. This is why Satan uses fear to cripple our spiritual gifts. To cripple faith is to cripple our spiritual gifts. Faith is essential for the stirring up of spiritual gifts. How are the spiritual gifts squelched? Neglect, the flesh, and fear. How are spiritual gifts stirred up? Maintenance instead of neglect. Reliance instead of the flesh. Faith instead of fear. Maybe you have been given gifts by God, but they are not being used at this time. For some reason, you have been crushed, squelched, suppressed, or silenced when it comes to use of your spiritual gifts. Someone has said something that hurt you. They discouraged you. They criticized you. Or they silenced you in some way. Because of fear, you have decided to play it safe. And as a result, your gifts have become unused. Paul reminds us, do not neglect the gift that is in you. He goes on to say, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God that is in you. Don't neglect your gifts. Join us in two weeks for our next episode of Relevant Truth. Never miss an episode of the podcast by subscribing on iTunes. If you like this podcast, why not rate and review the podcast on iTunes? You can also visit my website, relevanttruthpodcast.com, where you will find an archive of all of my messages and book recommendations. You can also contact me at rockrevmason79 at gmail.com. That is R-O-C-K, rock, R-E-V, rev, M-A-S-O-N, mason, 79 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.